Living Corporate is brought to you by the Leadership Range, a podcast within the Living Corporate Network, hosted by globally certified and Fortune 500 executive coach and leadership development expert Neil Edwards. The Leadership Range is focused on having real, raw, soulful and accountable conversations about inclusive leadership, allyship, professional development. Every week is a new episode with new learning and new actions to take on to grow inclusively. Make sure you check out the Leadership Range everywhere you listen to podcasts. All right, everyone. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Access Point, um, which is part of the Living Corporate Network. We are really excited to be here with you guys. Um, so, uh, the first, let, let me just kick this off by giving you an explanation of Living Corporate. If, this, if you're new here, um, Living Corporate is a writing and podcasting platform that is dedicated to exploring and celebrating underrepresented identities in corporate America. Um, so. Like, like if you are one of those people, you are definitely in the right place. Um, as a collective, Living Corporate represents a broad spectrum of beliefs, cultures, and identities. Um, and we know that all of our differences shape our perspectives um, and experiences in corporate America. Living Corporate wants to engage with other voices that often go unheard and have conversations out loud. So Living Corporate is for everyone. Um, but specifically, we also want to focus on black and brown people because um, that those are our people. Um, and so the access point is, is is from Living Corporate. It is very much so um, in line with all of that. And so, Brandon, would you tell us about the access point? Uh, sure. Thanks, Mike. Uh, well, the access. Well, welcome to the access point, first and foremost, which is part of the Living Corporate Network. The access point is our weekly web show where we strive to bring y'all real talk that will prepare you for the workforce. While our content is for everyone, we're focused on preparing black and brown students just as yourself in future work. Every week, we'll have an incredible guest to discuss the topics at hand. And this week, this week, we have Ms. Lena Nelson. How you doing, Ms. Nelson? How you doing? Good. Uh, what, what do you do for them? What, what, what brings you here to the access point? Perfect. Um, my name is Lena Nelson. I'm a young professional working in the Charlotte, North Carolina uh, area. Um, I'm a senior associate at a digital marketing organization called Red Ventures. Essentially, what we do is marriage of the analytics with the creativity. Um, so uh, someone with my background, I actually went to undergrad in finance. Uh, so very different than what I thought I was doing uh, when I graduated five years ago, um, but exciting and really allows me to pivot and just have a, a stream of feedback loop um, that really goes to that theme of being coachable. So to your question of why I'm here, um, I really find it as a very foundational skill set uh, to have and to need. Um, and it's really benefited me as a person. And I really just want to create an opportunity for a dialogue. Uh, to talk about my experiences and how I can be helpful for others. Nice. Nice. Yeah, well, thank you for being here. Um, we're, we're really excited about this. Um, so if you are a, a follower, a subscriber, uh, you might know uh, Brandon's face. You might know my face. We've been on uh, several of these before. We are hosting this conversation with Lena. And so, Lena, we're so thankful that you are uh, here with us. So. Yes, 
Yeah, so we have some questions uh, for Lena, but if you have questions for her, make sure you drop them in the chat or use the ask a question feature um, and also get your people over here. Um, like there are people who are watching. Uh, there are people who need to hear this and there are some people, let's just be real, like we need a distraction from this election, at least for the next hour. Uh, so uh, we are going to get you out of here on time so that you can check that out if, if you want to. But uh, if you are looking for a distraction or you know somebody who needs a nice distraction where you're going to learn some great, uh, great stuff from some great content, um, please, please, please share this link. Um, and uh, don't forget to follow Living Corporate. So let's jump right in. Um, so the, the theme of this is about being coachable. And, and I think this is one of the most important things for any young career professional, um, simply because I argue that the college degree today means less than it ever has. So you're not just going to show up on day one and like, I got a master's in this. And they're like, oh, great. We'll listen to you. So, um, so, so first, like, why is it important to be coachable in your opinion? Yeah. To your point, uh, we used to always joke when I worked for a financial institution, we would hate majors in finance, like hate them. Like, cause they come with these preconceived notions of like what the job was and what they could do to be successful. Mm-hmm. I really loved uh, people who had that mindset of just being a sponge and soaking up that information. Um, I, growing up was really into sports. So was a huge soccer fan. Okay. Um, I don't know if anyone knows, I love Mia Hamm, Brianna Scurry. They were yeah, my yeah. idols. So like, it was one of those things where growing up, Julie uh, Cowdy, being yeah. coached by them, exactly, yeah. uh, made me very excited. Um, and one of the themes that I had from coaches were, you're very teachable, you're very coachable. I may have not been the best athlete on the field, but I could receive feedback and iterate off of that feedback. And I think that's really what the value of being coachable means, is just being able to be open to receiving feedback, asking for that feedback, but not just stopping with receiving it, but actually doing something about and so how can you improve how you can come better when you receive that? Yeah. Yeah. Side note, are you, do you like the English Premier League? I am not really into oh, okay. men's soccer. So like, I, I will okay. say that I am very like equal pay for equal work, but <laughs> okay. I am very into women's soccer. I will scream every four years as well as I attend a lot of the local games. Uh, whether it's Washington Freedom in the DC Metro area or yeah, even yeah. Carolina nice. Pride, so super huge fan, probably one in like one thousand. But but so, uh, well, listen, nice. listen, the Houston listen. Dash, the Houston Dash is my yeah. squad now. Like like I and so my Premier League team is Arsenal. So if you are an Arsenal fan, shout out to everybody uh. um, who's an Arsenal fan. Seems like I a mean, hot take. It, it yeah, is it's very, it's very hot take. <laughs> It's been Very a hard life for a while, but we 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 on the up. It's Arsenal. Come on, bro. Hey, but you know what? Arsenal's right. women's team is very good as well. So so just you know, I I I love that you that you love soccer. It's actually funny when you talked about coaching. It made me think of this. Nick Saban is the I think he's probably the best college football coach ever. Um, and he he says this thing that I love to tell people. He says it takes what it takes. And most of the time, the it is you learning. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Brandon, were you about to were you about to introduce the next question? Oh no! Well, yes, I was. So, okay. what is, so what are the signs that you look for in yourself to show that you're not willing to be coached? Like, 
Sorry, let me read that question one more time. I think I didn't say it right. What are the signs to look for in yourself that show that you are not willing to be coached? Yes, that's I I guess I view this question as, I guess, flipping on itself. If you're not self-aware, it's very difficult to come to terms with someone giving you feedback. Mm -hmm. So if you're not ready to receive feedback, I think it's very plausible that you're not going to do anything when you get it, whether it was uh, requested or not. Um, I think of it in the same way as like being ready for an adventure or do you have all the tools in your toolkit to truly go through that project that's laid before you? If you do not have that step one of just like being ready for it to happen, I really feel like you've already closed yourself down and it's already to the point where it's no longer impactful. Uh, is there is there a point to where you can open yourself up to be coachable? Like for example, um, you may you may have that revelation one time where people just brow beating you on, hey, you need to get right, you need to do this, you need to do this. And then you just have that revelation like, oh yeah, I need to listen to them. So when, when at what point does it become to where you want to be coachable? From from not being coachable to being coachable. Yeah. So I would say this, and if we're looking at like being in the workplace, the first time I realized the importance of it was my peers were promoted before me. So it was just one of those things of like, what are they doing and what am I not doing to get to that next step? Obviously, there are other um, aspects that from a comparison standpoint that may not be correct in making that assumption. But I think a really great check-in time is whenever there's mid-year reviews, or whenever there are opportunities where it's more uh, constructive that you receive that feedback from um, a party from management. I think it's really interesting when we're an undergrad or when we're still in school is we have that regular feedback loop um, that goes away once we graduate in the real world. Uh, We get graded on essays. We get told that that project was not great. We need to see X from you on this. When you enter the real world, that just disappears. People just expect you to figure it out. And I think that's when you start thinking through, oh, no one has a book that tells them how to do this. They're actually asking the questions that will give them the tools to be aware of the things that they can do to move forward. Does that answer, yeah. help answer the question or? Yeah, it does. It also brought up a, a great follow-up question. When should you start being coached, wanting to be coached, right? So you said you, we get the constant feedback loop, um, we turn in papers and we start doing work. When we get into the real world, it's like we're really on our own. So should we start day one? Should we find uh, mentors, which we did another uh, episode on the access point, we talked about mentors. So when, you, when we want to look for coaching, do we want to look for it immediately when we get into the workforce? Do we want to find those people to help us uh, day one, day six, day 20, 90? Like, when should we start finding the person that wants to coach us? Mm-hmm. So I will say you should do it as soon as possible. I would say for me, I lucked out in which when I joined my first internship, I had another black woman in that office look at me and say, get in my office. Why don't you have a notepad? And like that started that moment where she was a mentor, but I know when we talk through mentoring and coaching, there's that uh, stream of where that person could be, whether they're a sponsor, whether they're a coach, whether they're a mentor. What really was advantageous for her is she gave me that foundation to start receiving that, even though I didn't request it. Um, I think I find some of the most impactful interviews that I give are when at the end, the interviewee looks at me and it's like, hey, can I get some feedback on how that went? What are ways that I could improve on that? What are ways that 
I can look ahead to the next interview that I have that I can put my better foot forward. That leaves a really helpful impression for me because at least at my organization, being coachable is a very important skill set that we're looking for in which that's like an unspoken item that I'm checking off the list of like, oh, so they're ready for this and they're already seeing how important this is. I want that person. Mm -hmm. And so I think even as early as before you even get into the door, just having that mindset of how do I optimize myself? How do I get better? Is just, I guess, more so a lifestyle than just a point in time. Okay. Well, oh, thank you about to say something because I had a, a great follow-up question, which is one of the questions that is on the list. No, go ahead. Ask it. Yeah. All right. So you talked about uh, finding a coach, and uh, you said as soon as possible, as soon as you get into the workforce. Now, the next question is how many coaches are ideal for you to have? Hmm. So I, you, it depends. I, I don't know if there is. I feel like that's such a cop out. It depends. Like, I don't know <laughs> if there is an answer to that. I think for me, I have had as many as three coaches, you know, and at one, one point in time, one, one topic, you know, like that I'm really looking for feedback, whether it's through my therapist or my performance coach to if it's my manager and our developmental sessions to my peers that I'm like, hey, can you look at how many times I use a filler word. Just having people from different aspects and different perspectives um, give me um, uh, that help that I could have to help flush out that person that I can be. So I don't know if there is a proper amount uh, of people in your life. I think it's more of the quality of the feedback you're receiving and the quality of that coach than the amount that you have. In my okay. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So, so, uh, I mean, like, like, uh, what's what is the ask like? Like, when if if you are interested in, in getting feedback from somebody, what's the best way to ask for that feedback? I I think the best way to ask for feedback is to be specific. So rather than be like, "Can you see how I performed on this call?" or "Can you give me feedback on this presentation?" Give a specific instance that you're really looking for. So, hey, can you please give me feedback on the amount of filler words? Or, hey, I'm really looking at how I can be more influential with a partner and leading them through my story. Hey, does my story make sense? Am I having a beginning, a middle, and an end? Just getting that really specificity um, in that feedback really helps people uh, give it because it's how you ask it is typically how you will receive it. So. I love that. I love that. How you ask it is how you receive it. Yeah, I mean, I, like for me, this this hits home because uh, this is something that I I have wanted to do. I've tried to do um, at every single position that I've ever held. Like, like I, I I told you guys before we started the show, I just started a new job, mm-hmm. um, and uh, I have been spending the last two weeks uh, just reading and learning and talking to people and asking them like. Like how do I, even though I'm I'm in a director position where like the the decisions are are kind of mine to make, uh, but I want to learn like and pay homage to like what was done before me. So I think I, I think being coachable is uh, like it, for me right now is 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 extremely relevant, like extremely extremely relevant. Um, so I I I have a a question. So I think. From, from a management perspective, it seems like jobs would love coachable people. Um, so other than asking for feedback, what are 
like the top three things a person can do to show their manager or their boss, their director, that they actually are coachable? Mm-hmm. I think actioning off of that feedback, thanking for that feedback, and the re- reciprocation of the feedback. So I would say the most important way that I feel good when I give someone uh, feedback is that they actually did something about it, like that they showed improvement, that they're working towards it, that they're making steps in that direction, because it feels this, oh, so like you heard me, you care. Um, I think the next thing is to be grateful for it. I think there Mm -hmm. is a balance that you have to have. And um, maybe we can go a deeper discussion of understanding the person who's giving you that feedback, because not all feedback is something that you should accept. Um, And really asking those questions of understanding uh, how you implement it um, is really important because if you're not active in that discussion, you can either make an assumption and go a totally different direction and spin your wheels and not really even got to the crux of what that feedback is about. Um, And then all, and I guess reciprocating that circle is just each one teach one. So like giving that to someone else, like being an active participant. And I would even say this is like being a really good team player in a sense of just giving that to your peers. You can give feedback to your manager you can give feedback to your direct reports. It's just making sure that that's a continual discussion um, because people, I always see it as similar to if we're playing sports, you're only as good as your team. And so if there's someone lacking an aspect on your team, you want to make sure that you can work with them to help bring them up to speed um, so that you're all at the same level. Love that. I love that. All right, so we have a question. Question is from Benita, faithful listener of ours on the access point. She said, what are the reasonable time frames to see change and implement the change from your coach? Once again, going to go with the cop out of it depends. So I think <laughs> it really matters. It really matters. Like I'm not, I don't want to sound on like deaf ears. It really matters of uh, what type of feedback it is. So is it as simple as, hey, the way that uh you are stressed, everyone else can see that. It's not good for the rest of the team to feel as if they're stressed as well. Like that's something that maybe you need to nip in the bud quickly because that's impacting other people. That's impacting how you function as a team. And you really wanna be cognizant of that. Um, I think a really helpful way of thinking through it um, is talking to your manager or someone that you trust. So whether that's a mentor or a sponsor of, I guess not less a sponsor, but more of a mentor and a coach that could help you prioritize that feedback and what you should really hit first. So like, if you can receive all of this content, how do you help staff them? Um, That is part of your manager's job is to help you staff how you proceed through that feedback and what's the most important. Mm, Yeah, great answer. Yeah, so real real quick, I wanna go back to something. Um, uh, So first, thank you for the question, Benita. Anybody that's watching, feel free to ask questions, ask more questions. Uh, We are here for you. So, uh, yeah, definitely feel free to ask more questions. But um, uh, in the the previous answer, you said that uh, you should not accept all feedback. When do you reject feedback? Yeah, I think especially being someone like being a black woman in the workplace, some of the feedback I get is just off the wall, like your tone was too aggressive. Like you didn't say that to Jacob. Like, it's like, that's just point blank. You know, you have to understand and discern when it feels that there are dog whistles and 
or if they are getting at something that's, but tell me more. So like the way that I help discern if this feedback is helpful or if this feedback is valid is asking questions. So can you give me an example of when this happened? Can you give me an example of the impact? Can you give me like just really press on how and what is the implementation of how you're showing this uh, issue uh, can really help get at the crux of, is this just your personal feeling or is this something that's actually uh, not helpful for my career? Obviously there's a bunch of disclaimers around that. If that's your manager, I think you're in a tougher position. I think we've all had instances where we have managers that do not feel as if they're supporting us or really looking out for our progress as a person. I think that's when you really have to start thinking through what are other coaches you can get outside of your manager and who are people who are either peers to your manager or above your manager who can help give you feedback and can be in those rooms to really talk you up uh, if they aren't doing that already for you. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I definitely think it really depends. And normally that gut feeling where you feel as if someone is not really telling the truth or that they're really coming at you out of left field, you're normally right. Um, because we have to contextualize everything and who we are, whether that's our gender, our race, or even our sexuality, uh, even prior to understanding and implementing that. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, I, I had a I had a situation like that a while ago, where somebody was like, "Hey, can 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 I give you feedback on something?" And I was like, "Like literally, you, you just watched somebody else do this, and you didn't pull them aside and give them feedback." No, I will, I, no, I do not accept that. I will not accept that. I love that discern. Like if it if, hey, if it looks like a duck and it quacks like a duck, it is not a chicken. It's a duck. It's a duck. <laughs> That's right. That's right. I love that. Love that. So I have another question. Um, so we see uh, every day on LinkedIn and these other companies, they want to model themselves as a career coach, right? So the question then becomes, do you need to pay for coaching? Like, do you want to just hire somebody for coaching? And if so, what's a reasonable price point? Like, do you need to do this um, as needed? Is it keep on keeping on retainer like should people go out and see professional coaching and so what's the price point you think is reasonably acceptable yeah i think that's an interesting question because i've never paid for coaching um that being said i have paid for someone to review a resume to write a cover letter to help me interview and if there is someone who has a skill set <laughs> that has them predisposed to help you with that issue i think to patronize them and to pay them what's due. Like not everyone is there to give free labor. I think it's very important to uh, pay people what they're due. I think it really comes to the value um, that you see fit. So is this a trusted source? Um, are there uh, reviews of this person? Uh, what really can they show for the progress and the value of their performance coaching? I also think a similar way of looking at this is I see it as a benefit when you're looking at an organization, when you're comparing not just what the salary or the benefit package is of that organization. I think it's a similar question of like, are, do they look to coach their employees? Uh, do they have a lot of learning development in their organizations to help improve their employees? I would value it in that same sense as if it's healthcare or pay raise. Um, so in that sense, I know I have not paid for it. I really couldn't even give you a price point. It would be like asking me what a gallon of milk is. I legitimately don't know because I'm lactose intolerant. But 
it's more of that question of where you place value is important if it's valuable to you and if you can afford it go for it um who am i to tell you that's too expensive or too low yeah one thing one thing i'll say on the topic is like i've never paid for coaching either um i i with linkedin and and the internet i just want to tell people be careful because there's a lot of pseudo experts out there there's a lot of people pretending and and like even even just because somebody has a large following um and it looks like what they're doing it looks like they know what they're doing they don't not not everybody you really need to vet that person if you're gonna if you're gonna pay you look i don't even pay for linkedin premium like i don't like you there's so much free content online youtube the access point is free like no notice that like living corporate like shout out to living corporate does not charge you for this for any of this content right so you have all this free learning that you can do before you pay a person so my my advice to anybody is to figure out what's free and mm-hmm. also sift through those people before you buy a course like I, I obviously won't say it, but I have friends that are faking it <laughs> and have hundreds of thousands of followers online, oh like not even playing, like faking it, straight up faking it, <laughs> duping the world. So don't pay for yes. these coaches out here. <laughs> exactly. Network and collaborate. Yeah. Yeah. Network and collaborate, yeah. yes. Right on, Benita. Network and collaborate. So so let me, let me ask you this um, from your experience. What is the toughest piece of, of feedback that you've gotten in your career? And I actually would like to ask this of you and Brandon. Uh, <laughs> like I want, I want all of us to go. Uh, so, so you go first, Lena. What's the what's the toughest piece of feedback you've gotten? So I receive feedback to care less, which I think is very. So the only reason why I feel like you don't give this feedback to normal people, I think there was an aspect where I cared a little too more too much. I, like I said, I'm in marketing. I was in finance. We are not saving lives. So like there was an aspect where I had a coach who looked at me and he was just like, you need to really understand and have perspective when you approach these problems because you are giving 100% to every problem and that's not sustainable and you're not doing well for your mental health. That's how I burned out in my other organization and it was coming to those agencies where I'm, I was burning out here. So uh, I would say mine was careless, but I also don't think that's normal feedback that most people, I guess it probably was impactful for me because it felt very personal, um, which I felt a little out of left field, but it definitely understood. I mean, that makes sense to me. I, I, I know some people who can afford to care less. <laughs> <laughs> I think for me, mine was that I was too argumentative. Um, coming, this was basically my first guy out of school. I was young cocky that I knew it all. I went in. I was learning learning engineering. And what I noticed was I didn't know. I knew that I didn't know a lot. But the things that I did know, I knew well to the point where I could talk to other people and I could talk to other people and, and show them the ropes. There's younger individuals as well. So when it was time for me to get my performance review and talk to my coaches, so they say, yeah, you, you argue your points, you're too uh, definitive in what you're thinking. Be more open-minded and be more accepting of other thoughts and um, other people's work as well when you're doing these type of things because you don't know everything. And once I learned that, a, a whole 
door possibilities opened up for me. I realized that, you know, I was making myself close-minded and thought I, because you, if you thought you, if you think you know everything, you actually don't know anything at all. Mm-hmm. I think I've learned through my experience in my career. Yeah. Um, my most helpful piece of feedback is actually, we're, we've talked about him already, but it's actually a Nick Saban line again. It was not given to me by Nick Saban. I was horrible at football. Um, but uh, I, I tend to, um, like, not necessarily overcomplicate, but when I'm thinking about a solution or when I'm thinking about, like, solving a, a problem at work, I come up with the solution that is normally appropriate for, like, five years down the road. So, like, if we're trying to find a way to engage with a certain group of people, I'm like, we can have a whole conference where we all go to Atlanta and everybody has matching sneakers and hoodies and like, and we can get Damon John. Um, and this guy, one of the people that I worked with at a school that I was at um, before I just switched jobs, he would just look at me and say, do simple better. <laughs> like, oh. like everybody wants to go for the, for the slam dunk. Mm-hmm. Well, really you just need to make the layup. So just do simple mm-hmm. better. And for for three years, every time I, I started going there, he just do simple better. Like, as a matter of fact, he bought me a T-shirt that says do simple better on it. Like, it's in my car right now. I should have worn it. But, yeah, that's the most helpful piece of feedback for me. Um, but it was tough because I am a, I'm a big thinker. And so when, for for a while, I was like, you're just trying to hold me back. Like you just like I'm trying to create the, these outcomes over here, and you telling me to do what's basic. I don't do basic, right? But for me, like in the long term, that's that's been so much more helpful because now I can break that five year vision down and say, oh, here's what we can do year one. What can we do year two? So, so let us know if you're watching. Let us know in the comments what the toughest piece of feedback that you have ever received in your career is, um, and we gonna move on to the next question. Um, we gonna move. Ooh, logistics are key. Yep, set up step. That's right. Um, yeah. So, so what do you think, in your opinion, Lena? What's the long term impact that being coachable and receiving feedback can have on a career? Mm-hmm. So, I guess I see this more so. I guess I so I did some research. So I did a little. I did some Google's. Um, in a sense of I it did not go to school for this. I have only lived this. Um, but a lot of really interesting articles and case studies around the correlation of leadership and coachability, as well as promotions and coachability. So, but I would really boil that down into uh, being someone that uh, can improve tends to get you a lot further than someone who's very stuck in their ways. Um, And so I would say that's from my, like, the way I look at my career is I still have no idea what I want to be when I grow up. I have no idea what that job is. I, like, I felt like as a kid, I used to be like, I want to be a CEO. And I'm like, that seems like a lot. Like, you know, like now it's like, I want to have a good work-life balance and feel impactful at my job. Um, And one of the ways that I feel impactful is feeling as if I'm growing. And so that's the way I see coachability is like, if I'm in a space where I'm not getting regular feedback, I tend to plateau and all of a sudden my work product suffers and either it's a discussion of where I'm going or who's firing me. And so I think it's very helpful of understanding uh, what drives you and how that feedback can help you grow in that direction. That you want to go. Hmm. Yeah, I think that's a great point. Cause when like, 
the 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 dilemma of any manager or director or CEO is to hire talented people. Mm-hmm. And and in my opinion, when talented people are not stretched and pushed via coachability and feedback, then they get bored and they look they look for the next project. And I I know for me, I consider myself talented at what I do. And when I'm not being pushed and when I'm not when I don't have an opportunity to upskill or increase the responsibility of my role, I, I will leave a job. Like my, my resume will show you, I will leave for a more exciting and, and, and challenging mm-hmm. opportunity. Um, you know, so I, I, I think that's, that's key. I love that. All right. So next question that we have is, um, <clears throat> what are the steps that an individual needs to do to prepare themselves to have a career coach? Mm-hmm. How can you get, how can you get yourself ready? How what what steps do you need to take? Do you need to take a mental break to to get yourself ready for for positive and negative feedback? Do you need to go on a vegan diet or something? Do you need to exercise? <laughs> something. I'm just saying, just to do something to get themselves mentally mentally ready for for somebody to really break you down and, and build you back up. Like, what steps does a person need to take? So I feel like in a lot of commercials of like weight loss, they're always like, what's your why? And I think it's in a sense of feedback of like, what's your why? So like, how do you define success? What is success for you? Uh, What will help you get there? And I I think why you want to get there. I think those are very important to have in the forefront of your mind, because while I said you have to be able to discern the feedback you're getting, there are also going to be feedback that's just going to be hard and it's going to be gut-wrenching and it's going to make you question like one do i know who i am and two do i even want to do this and so making sure that you have that why frame of mind and front of mind can really help lead you to make sure that you're able to receive that have that open mind and the lack of ego to really uh, go towards it um so now, now you brought up ego right i your experience with, with egos, right? Not, not just with you personally, but just with, in a general sense. Um, how how detrimental is your ego to being being coachable? Yeah, I would say being having an ego could be detrimental to you having your job. So, like, I think there there are some aspects where like you will need to check your ego. Like, you need to be in a framework that, you, regardless of how much experience you may have on X subject you don't know anything and you should come in that perspective of willing and able to truly learn and gather um, in that space. But I think not having an ego is extremely important and being coachable and having feedback. I think it's similar to on a sports team. Like typically the star athlete that has the ego will be knocked down a couple pegs after a loss or after not receiving uh, feedback from their coach. So like, I think it's very important to check yourself and to really recognize where that's stemming from. And normally you have an ego in somewhere because you're trying to hide something. So like, how can you help understand where that's being drawn from to help address it in the future? Mm. That's good. That's good. Leave ego out of it. Yeah. yeah. Ego will be bruised. Very. (laughs) I mean, I I think that that, that that's like a great piece of advice uh, for a lot of different areas of work. Uh, man, I, I know during the, during the first COVID shutdown, I mean, it seems like we're going to have another one, 
but during the first COVID shutdown, I was working at a school that, you know, we, we had built, it's like, I built the remote program, remote learning program for that school in August of 2019. Mm-hmm. And we had no, obviously like we didn't know the coronavirus. We were just like, let's see if we can do this. Um, and the first thing our leadership said was like, we should have no ego about what we figured out. Um, cause number one, we don't know if it's going to work next time. And number two, like, that's just not the way forward. And so that's, that's a great piece of coaching for anybody who's listening Mm -hmm. that came from, from Lena, a golden nugget, which is leave your ego out of your job. Cause it can cost you your job. Mm -hmm. Like Mm -hmm. I've seen, I've seen that happen, uh, in in a couple of places where people, people's ego cost them their job. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So before we hit our next question, I do want to, because you talked to the the last question, um, Brandon was about preparing yourself to have a career coach. I will say that even with the existence of, uh, like, like, so I I just want to give a quick plug to some free resources, um, obviously like YouTube and Google, but there's a, there's a, a, a Slack channel called career commons. It is the largest active Slack channel. Um, I believe on the platform is more than 3000 members. Um, and it's run by a company called Teal. Um, they, there's so much like peer coaching that goes on there. Um, but if you're not looking for peer coaching, um, I realized we, we were, we were like, like, don't be careful who you pay, but let me give you some people that you actually can look to, to pay. Obviously Tristan is one of them. Tristan is a career coach, uh, Tristan Layfield who you'll hear on Living Corporate Podcast. Also, he's a, a co-host of the show. And somebody we had on the show, which is Julia Rock. She is also a phenomenal uh, career coach and a sneakerhead, um, which, and, you know, and she's from Houston. So there's a lot going for her. <laughs> like, but there's, there's some great career coaches out there. Um, and, and if you need connections to any of them, uh, hit us up and, we'll, and we, we'll, we'll be more than happy to connect you to somebody where your money will be well spent. Most definitely. Yeah. Are right, you want to hit that next question, Brandon? Uh, sure, sure. Um, can negative feedback from the person coaching you have an adverse effect on your career? Can someone give you the, can someone intentionally give you the wrong advice or lead you down the wrong path where they jeopardize your career um, in the immediate term, and if, if you're somebody that doesn't really do any self-reflections, you may take that advice, and it's actually negative towards your career, and it, it can adversely affect you in the years to come. Mm-hmm. Now, I think it's really interesting. So I'll tell a quick story about how this has impacted me, um, or impacted me. Um, when I worked in finance, uh, you were to be, you were to give information, but not to be heard. Um, and there was an opportunity where we were on a partner call and I spoke up because I knew the answer. And directly after that, I had feedback of like, don't talk unless you are spoken to. Like, we do not care what you say. Like, it was it was very aggressive. Granted, that says a lot about the culture of that institution. Um, but I think the long aspects of that feedback is I was afraid to use my voice. So I was only going to bring up uh, facts if I knew they were 100% right, which it is quite rare that you are 100% right on anything. And as a result, I would receive feedback of, you're too quiet in meetings, or it never really feels as if you're engaging with us in meetings. And it, and it wasn't that I was afraid, it was just more of, I didn't want to be incorrect, and I didn't want someone to lash out again. At me. Um, so I, I think 
to your second point there, Brandon, it's really important to understand how it affects you because that can feed into that imposter syndrome, that can feed into some of that more ill-gotten uh, impacts to your mental health and physical well-being long after that feedback was received or given. Uh, I think another thing, a way of looking at it, uh, I'll say yet again, as a black woman, you have to be very careful of who people are and what their attentions are. Like, and that's just the way that, like being in spaces that are predominantly white, I'm constantly questioning of like, what is my rules of engagement? Like I can't enter the world the same way as, I don't know, Sarah can. So like, what, how are those different and how am I perceived differently? And how can I approach that situation the best way that I can? Um, but I would say that that's another aspect that you have to be very careful because the feedback that they may be giving you could be colored by the privilege and the space and the place that they are in their lives of like, oh, just speak up. And it's like, all right, cool, Jeff. Like, you know, like that's not helpful. Um, what are the tactical ways that I can get at that? And I think that goes back to that uh, point that I was making of just making sure you're asking those questions that you're understanding not only what they're asking and telling you, but also if they have suggestions of how to actually go about doing the thing, uh, because it's very easy to tell someone like speak up, but like what are the tactical ways that I can insert myself in a conversation outside of me owning that meeting? Um, so I hope that answers the question. I was a little rambly there, but uh, that at least is the way that I perceive that. Hey, I was, on, I was on mute. That's great. That's a great answer. I love that answer. Damn, great answer. Yeah, yeah. Hey, Mike, you want to yeah, take a well, um, I think I think we've actually we've actually gotten to all our questions. Oh um, right. Oh yeah. Which is which is great. Um, yeah. So so you know what? Like it, I mean, it's it's election night. Um, so so I think we actually can end a little early. Um, and 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 truly, like Lena, you have. You have dropped some major, major uh, knowledge on, on us, um, and uh, like we just figured out like a couple weeks ago that we can clip moments. We can use this in like just like <laughs> videos. So we'll probably be be doing that and sharing them on social. Um, but speaking of social media, where can people find you and more more about you? So I do not have a non personal social media. Um, okay. I think the best way to find me would probably be LinkedIn. Um, and so that's just Melina and Malcolm. Um, it's probably the best place to engage in that conversation. If there's an opportunity once the world opens up again, if the world opens up again, uh, I am active in the Charlotte community. Um, so always looking for ways to connect. Um, and so if there is a world where I'm in Houston, I'll be sure to look up both of you. Uh, yes, this conversation, And I would definitely open that up for others. That way. Great. Great, yeah. Great. So, um, if you're looking to connect with with with, with uh, they're looking to connect with you, Brandon. Where can they find you? They can find me on Twitter at Ghostface Sigma, um, and I'm also going to post um post my LinkedIn in the chat in just a second. Okay, yeah, same. You can find me on LinkedIn. You can find me on Twitter at Just Mike Yates. Um, also, remember to follow Living Corporate uh, um, on Twitter and all the social medias at Living Corp underscore Pod. Um, uh, check out Living Corporate everywhere you can. Make sure you give it a follow so that you know what's coming next. Um, Lena, thank you so much. Thank you so much. Well, for thank you for the opportunity. This was fun yeah, and yeah. very new. So, <laughs> <That's funny. laughs>
Yeah, thank you everybody for watching. Really appreciate it. All right. All right. Bye. Bye. See y'all.